Thank you, team. Take your Bible. Go to the last chapter in Scripture. We've been preaching this summer in Revelation 21 and 22, and we come to begin this last chapter uh, here at the conclusion of August. We'll be marching through this 22nd chapter. Thank you, team, on the banks of the promised land. Amen. Thank you, Jamie. We are in Revelation 22. Begin reading this morning in verse number one and read the first five verses where John the Revelator is on that island in Patmos. The angel continues to reveal to him and open back that word revelation. It means unveil to pull back the curtain and let him see into what is to come. For those of you on our Warrington campus, take your Bible. For those that are at home, pray you'll have your Bible. Follow along with us. And for those here in the room, uh, to my good friend uh, Libya in New York, who's watching this morning, we love you and miss you already as she's made her way there to be with her family. And for all of you that are here, Revelation 22. And John says, through the revelation of the angel of God, then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street, on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever endeavor. We come to this concluding descriptive paragraph. The angel says to John that there is a river of the water of life. You read about a river in the very first two chapters of Genesis. You get to Ezekiel 47 and you read about this river to the ankle, to the thigh, to the chest, and then where he couldn't even uh, do anything but swim in it. There's this river. It's the river of, underline that word, it's the water of life. Life. It's eternal life. And the fountainhead of that river, it came from the throne of God and from the Lamb in the middle of its street. And then it says, on both sides of the street, there was the tree of life, and it bears 12 kinds of fruit. Remember, it's the water of life out of this river, and now we have the tree of, underline that word again, life. It's eternal life that is found in this place. The tree of life on either side of the river, bearing fruit. Twelve kinds of fruit every month, the season. There'll be no time 
in heaven, but there is some semblance of order. And we see that order as they have the fruit yielding month by month by month by month. Now heaven's called a lot of things. We're going to the on Jordan stormy banks I stand. We're going to heaven. It's a new heaven, new earth. And then one of the words used in Scripture three times is the word paradise. Paradise. You remember it probably most clearly, and first of all, out of Luke 23, 43, when as you look in that glass, there were two malefactors, two thieves. And the one that believed, uh, Jesus, uh, he was saying, Jesus, remember when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus then said to him, you shall be with me this day in paradise, in paradise. Then Paul writes about it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In the fourth verse, after he said in verses 2 and 3 that I knew a man 14 years ago, and he was caught up into the third heaven. Hmm. And then verse 4 he says, and he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. A thief on the cross, paradise. Paul. Caught up, third into paradise. And then in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and verse 7, at the end of that first letter to the first church of the seven churches is the church at Ephesus. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to him to eat of the tree of life, which is where? In the paradise of God. Now, that word paradise, uh, its literal meaning in its Greek context is a garden or a park. Uh, it's a place of peace. It's the paradise of God. It's, it's where you go. It's where Bobby Bowden is this morning. Coach Bowden, he's given his testimony here. He gave it North American Mission Board not long ago. I met him downtown just a few months ago. He was here in Pensacola, and I went down for the swearing-in where his daughter became uh, attorney general. And uh, I went down, and she asked me to pray, and uh, I prayed there, and Coach was there. And, uh, we talked a few minutes. He said, Olive, Olive. He said, I preached it, Olive. I said, yes, sir, you, you have. He said, it had to be before your time. He said, you're not old enough for when I was there. I mean, he remembered, Brother Jerry, when he was here at your invitation, when Coach Bowden had uh, been here. This morning, his cancer took his life. Coach Bowden, because of his faith he'd placed in Christ, stepped into paradise. Absent from his body, present with his Lord. Well, if you go there, and not everybody that's in this room's not going unless you get saved. There's another destination. We've talked about it. 
But this morning, I want us to look at eternal life in paradise, and I want to show you the seven blessings of paradise. And, and they're easy found. You just read the text, and you see them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I want to show it to you. And then I want to give an invitation. And for those of you that are not ready for paradise, as Coach Bowden was ready for paradise, I want you to come today and say yes to Jesus. If you're watching me at home, I want you to say yes to Jesus. And I'll give you a number where you can text me and tell me that you need Christ to come in your heart. If you're on that Warrington campus and you've never been saved, I want you to go down, speak to John, Mike, some of the guys that are there, others, and, and give your heart and life to Christ today and prepare your life, not just for this world, but for the world to come. The seven blessings of paradise. What happens in that place? Well, let's look at them, and they are just outlined so well for us right here. The first one is found in verse 2, the end of verse 2, uh, with what I call the first blessing is ethnic unity in Christ. Notice what he says, uh, that uh, the tree there, this tree of life bears 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And here, the leaves, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There are two words there you need to see. First of all is healing. It is the root word for therapeutic. The leaves are for the therapeutic. It's the healing therapy of the ethnos, of every ethnicity come together. Hmm. When you get to glory, there'll be no racism there. All nationalities are under the banner of the cross. There's just one race. It's called the human race. There's only one father, and that's God the father of us all. No matter what we look like on the outside, on the inside, we are the same because we have the Father's touch. We're one human race. And when we get to glory, there'll just be one church, not a Baptist church or Presbyterian church. I went to a funeral last Sunday afternoon in an Episcopalian church in North Carolina. I figured out why the Episcopalians stand up and kneel so much during church. Those most uncomfortable benches in the world. They're just about this wide. That old Bill, and I looked at my wife, I said, I'm going to die myself before this is over. There's not an Episcopalian section in a Baptist Salem. It's just one section. It's the Jesus section. Not an American section, not a Chinese section, not a Hispanic section, not a black section, not a brown section or white. I'm telling you, there will be ethnic unity in Christ. I've not watched much. I, I just hadn't cared for some of the mess. But I, I did saw a clip, and I want to show you this clip. The, if you've, my son played rugby in college. That's the roughest sport I've ever seen in my life. I'm telling you, it, it takes some men to play that deal. The group from Fiji, whether they win or lose, they sing a song in a circle every time. I mean, those are men, and they're pointing to glory. I'm going to heaven with that crowd. I'm going to be with them. We're going to sing together because there will be ethnic unity in Christ in paradise. In this world, you'll have tribulation. There'll be not perfect peace until the Prince of Peace shows up. We ought to work toward it, but it'll come in glory 
It's one of the byproducts of paradise. Ethnic unity in Christ. Number two, in verse number three it says, there'll be no curse. No curse. Now, you, you know your Bible history. You go back to Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. The, the trees were there. There was the tree of life that we find here. Then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they were not to eat of it. If they did eat of it, the Bible says they would die. And Eve did eat of it. Now, some of you have been taught all your life she ate an apple. We don't know what kind of fruit it was. Matter of fact, the only kind of fruit that you can prove was in Genesis 2 and 3 was a fig. Because after they sinned, their eyes opened, they saw their nakedness, and they took fig leaves and sewed them together. The next chapter, the Lord brought skins. It was the first sacrifice that covered the sin of Adam and Eve. Jesus would later, of course, become the sacrificial lamb. So we don't know that it's an apple, but it might have been a fig. I'd hate to know that I risk it all for a fig. <laughs> Maybe a fig Newton, but, but not a fig. All right? <laughs> but Eve took ate and gave to her husband. The Bible says the curse came. That curse had a physical side. There was a physical curse. The Bible said the woman would bear children in pain, and that man would sweat and toil with thorns and briars. There was a physical curse. There was a relational curse, We'd see that pretty quickly when one brother killed another. We have that curse today where people can't get along with each other. But more than anything, there was a spiritual curse. They were dead in trespasses and in sin. And every man and woman that's been born since Adam and Eve have come with that curse, dead in trespasses and sin, with the difficulty of relating to others, born into this world with that physical curse, because your body will deteriorate and you will die, coming from sin. When we get to glory, there's no more curse. The curse is gone. We live forever and ever and ever, world without end, glory unto God. Thirdly, the third blessing is that we will serve God. Notice it right here in verse number three. The throne of God and the Lamb, of God, and the Lamb will be in it, and his bond servants, that's the word doulos, will serve him. Now the word serve there is a different word than the word servant or doulos or slave. His slaves or his servants, his bond servants, doulos. The word serve here is for one who served in the temple. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be a place of idleness where you're just floating around on a cloud. There are things to do. I'm going to preach and sing. 
I don't know where. The Bible says the first to be last, the last to be first. I'd probably be way out there past Pluto somewhere. But it's going to be a great, great kingdom. You, you can't even get it in all your head. You can't get it all in your head. But we serve there. We serve there. Those that have washed feet here, going to move up the ladder over there. We will serve him. Number four, we will see his face. Oh, hallelujah. Look at it right there in verse four. And they will see his face. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Look, the word of God says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short, it cannot save, nor is ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Friend, you cannot see God and live. Moses couldn't see God. The great lawgiver had to hide. God just showed him his flank as he went by. You can't see God, but when we get there, we shall see him face to face. Fanny Crosby was blind as an infant. One of the greatest songwriters in all the world lived till she was 94 years old. One of her songs, my Savior, first of all, I want you to listen to this. Fanny Cross, the first thing Fanny Crosby ever saw in her life was the face of Jesus. When she wrote that, she said, Oh, the soul-thrilling rapture when I view his blessed face and the luster of his kindly beaming eye. How my full heart will praise him for the mercy-loving grace that prepared me for a mansion in the sky. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side, I shall stand. I shall know him, I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hand. Oh, the dear ones in glory, how they beckon me to come and are parting at the river I recall. To the sweet vales of Eden they will sing my welcome home, but I long to see my Savior first of all. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side I will stay, and I shall know him I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hand. And then she said in verse 4, Though the gates to the city and a, through the gates to the city in a robe of spotless white, he will lead me where no tears will ever fall. In the glad song of the ages I shall mingle with delights, but I long to see my Savior first of all. When my mother-in-law was dying, Liz talked to her, and she said her mother just looked up. 
said, Mother, what do you see? She said, Oh, color, color, pastel. It's so beautiful. Alyssa, said, well, Did you see anything else? She said, Houses, houses, all the houses. I said, I said She's. It's John 14. She's seeing mansions. My wife, she said, shut up. I know what John 14 is. <laughs> she said a minute, she looked back up. And, and Liz, I said, Mama, do you see any people? She's hoping she'd name a name. She said, yeah, Millard Hamill. <laughs> and we lost it laughing. Millard Hamill was her boyfriend before she married Dr. Bennett. <laughs> Liz said, I just thought she might see daddy, but she saw one of her old boyfriends. But I, I don't know how all that works. I, I, I don't know all that. But I know this. When we walk through, the first thing we're going to see is the face of Jesus. We will see his face. The Savior. As Fanny Crosby said, I'll see him first of all. Number five. The fifth blessing of paradise is his name will be on your forehead. My daughter asked me last night, she said, what you preaching on tomorrow? I said, tattoos. She said, what? She said, you've always been against that. I said, I found where we're going to have one. I don't know how this works. I don't know. I know this. The Bible says that now he has written his name on my heart. We had a heart of stone. He took a, a, a heart of stone out. And he put a heart of flesh in. He's put his name on a heart. But when I get there, my name will be exterior. All will know. I think this speaks of the character of the Lord. We'd be unashamed of him. You say, preacher, would it literally be on your head? I, I don't know. I'm just reading what the text says. His name will be on their forehead. Oftentimes in John's day, those that were servants had the name of the owner blasted on them, tattooed on them. We're going to know he's ours and he'll know that we are his. And it'll be all about him, not about you. It won't be about Olive. It won't be about what we've done. It'll just be Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. What a Savior. His name. For it. The sixth blessing is that there'll be no night there. Notice what he, he says in, in, in the text. In verse number five, there'll, there will no longer be any night. No night. Amen. The Bible says that God is love. The Bible says that God is life. The Bible says that God is light. First John chapter 1, verse number 5, this is the message we have heard from him, and we announce it to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness 
at all. This light speaks of holiness. It speaks of purity. All of our ugly sin, all our ugly sin is gone. You'll not hide anything that, that you've been most ashamed of and can't forget. That that you've done you wish you had never done, gone. Hallelujah. There is no impurity there. It is all holiness. No night, no night. Remember I used to ask my son when he worked as a prosecutor, I'd say, why do you have to go on Sunday morning? Why, why do you have to go uh, to the courthouse, why, why do you have to go to the jail? Why, why do you have to go on Sunday morning? It's like you guys would be all. He said, well, Daddy, you have to do first appearances the next day. I said, well, why do you have to do it then? He said, because they sin on Saturday night. <laughs> not at 3 in the morning, or not at 9 in the morning, but 3 in the morning. See, we, we like to hide our sin. We bring it under the cover of darkness. And bless God, when we get to paradise, no night there. Holy, pure, and the most vile, wretched thing that ever came in your life and that passed through your eyes or your lips or your life is gone. Amen. Things you're ashamed of today, no part over there. They are eradicated from our life. And the seventh blessing is that we shall reign with Jesus. The Bible says that they will reign forever and ever and ever. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. It, it's not even... It entered into your head what God has prepared for those that love him. An application of that text is in this world because he's speaking of the spirit, but you can also apply it to the next life. You, you can't even get it all in your head or your eyes of what he has prepared for us on the other side. And we shall reign with him. The Bible says that we will judge angels. First Corinthians tells us that the believers will sit in judgment of angels. Every time I see, I read an obituary, people say, <laughs> heaven gained another angel. I said, don't ever write that about me when I die. I'm not stooping to the angelic when I get to heaven. You don't become an angel when you die. You get a new body and a new heaven and a new earth, and you will judge the angels. Eyes not seen it, ear heard. We're going to reign with Christ, to reign and rule with our Savior. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Heaven. Man, I've thought a lot about heaven this year. We've had more funerals. I got another one coming up here this week. John Dubois, Dr. Passmore, so many of us. Seems like I've been to the cemetery more this year than. Any year I can remember. Not just COVID, I mean other things. And then add that. John Tyner and I talking, we were 
looking through this passage, thinking about worship. He said, he said, you know, Pastor, I've come to a conclusion. I said, yeah. He said, we don't sing about heaven enough anymore. I said, well, I agree. I said, we've, we've kind of had it so soft and good. We, we've had our hope turn to the earthly rather than the heavenly. Because quite honestly, in our lifetime, it's been rather easy compared to what the rest of the world is known in Christmas softness but there's been some heartache that has come in the last couple of years and getting worse and worse it seems we lift our eyes from this planet to the next and we look Mm. in this text it says that he showed me that river and it was full of the water of life That's the water that that girl found at the well when Jesus said, take and drink, you never be thirsty. Then it says that there's the tree of life bearing those 12 kinds of fruit. The three trees I don't want you to forget this morning. The three trees in the Bible I want you to remember. Number one's the tree of life. You see it right here. Tree was in Genesis 1 and 2. It's where the fruit comes from, eternity, healing of a nation. Secondly is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where we ate and got in a mess. Hmm. But there's a third tree. Don't miss this tree. Turn in my Bible and read it to you. In Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by stripes you're healed. If you're watching online, I don't know if they can get a shot of this. I hope they can. If you're at Warrington, I hope they can get a shot of this. We have that beautiful glass that's been in this building now for about 25 years, and there's a lot of things in there. But that's the tree I'm talking about in the middle. That's the tree where Jesus died. That's the symbol of redemption through the cross. You view it from one side or the other. You view it from an unbelieving malefactor side or a believing malefactor side. Everyone here and everyone online and everyone at Warrington is one of those two. 
Choose you this day whom you will serve. If you'd like to believe on Christ, text me today. Oh, amen. Just text me at 94,000. Send me that word, Savior. We'll reach back to you. If you're on that Warrington campus, I encourage you that you'd come and speak to someone about your Savior. If you're in this room here on the Pensacola campus, when we sing in a few minutes, because I'm not quite done yet, then I'm going to get you just to get out of your seat and walk right here and say, Pastor, I'm coming today and someone will go out that door with you and sit in a quiet place where you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You're here and ought to join the church. Come do the same. You're here and ought to be baptized as several will in the second service. And you come. Oh, the most important thing you could do is get your ticket for paradise. Libya is watching, as I said. She's in New York. We put her on a plane Friday. The lines have been long out at the airport because they're short of help. She went early, checked her luggage, and she got to the ticket place, Have stood in that long line back and forth, and she got up there, and they said, sorry, we can't let you on. What? Well, your ticket and your passport, the birth dates are not the same. So she had to get out of line and go all the way back down, verify her birthday, get back in the line and go through all the way back in. Glad she went early so she didn't miss the plane. The preacher had they mess that up. I think it was my fault. Not sure. One of us that got the date flipped a number. And she almost missed it because the date was wrong. Now, beloved, you've got to have the right passport ticket to get to paradise. It's not because you've been good, you can't be that good. It's not because you've been baptized, you can't get wet enough. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's Jesus. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. And when you stand before the judgment and you will, God is going to ask you if you've ever trusted Him. And dear friend, if you've not put your full faith and trust in Jesus, depart from me, I never knew you, he will say. Oh, but if you know him, enter into the joy of the Lord because the man on that tree, cursed and crucified, ripped and spit on, became sin for you and for me. Hallelujah, what a Savior, what a Savior. And we will enter in, and the first face we will see is blessed King Jesus saying, Dear child, welcome home.
welcome home. I talked to another person this week, my, my wife, who's had a loved one that died. And said, when that time came just before death, it's like their eyes opened wide and they saw and they, they couldn't talk. It was just, and they were gone. Dear friend, you're going to have a day like that. Everybody in this room, you, it's appointed. You're going to have a day like that. I long to see my Savior, first of all. Oh, i got other people I want to see, but they're way down the line. Jesus, first of all. Those nail-pierced hands that Fanny Crosby talked about. I'll know him. I'll know him by the nail print. In his hand. Dear friend, those hands reach to you today. Those hands reach and say, come, come, come. And if you'll come, he'll save you this very day. I'm going to pray. As soon as I say amen, I want you to stand up. As soon as you stand up, I want you to get up coming unto Christ, unto the church. Come, making your confession. Today, this is your day, your hour, your time. Paradise awaits. Only the prepared. Father, convict us, draw us, save out of this room, Warrington, online. Oh God, save. Draw us today. Lord, I pray, and by the power of Jesus, rebuke the evil one that he confuse no mind people would believe on Christ today. Have your way in every heart here. Thank you for the promise of paradise. I pray people today would believe on the name of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.